Digital. Student-centred. Creative. Innovation. Imagination. Initiative. Stories that matter. I'm Chia Dachi, and this is Tales of Teaching Online, brought to you by Deakin Learning Futures. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Tales of Teaching Online. And today I'm joined by Professor Lisa Hanna, our Dean of Students at Deakin University, to talk about all things students as partners. Um, welcome, Lisa. Thanks so much for having me, Chia. Delighted to be here. Right. So in getting started, could we start by getting a bit of a sense of who you are as a scholar, as dean of students, and as a person? Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Chia. Well, um, I've been an academic at Deakin for about 12 years now. I've been Dean of Students for two years, um, but I am originally from the UK. You may be able to hear from my accent. And I am a public health and health promotion uh, academic, a research and teaching uh, scholar. So my uh, career trajectory uh, started off, I worked postdoctorally in the UK um, in a variety of public health contexts, academic contexts, moved to Australia as a, as a baby lecturer and um, have taught across a, a wide range of undergraduate and postgraduate courses within our Faculty of Health here at Deakin uh, within the School of Health and Social Development. So was moved through a series of leadership positions. I've been um, in various learning and teaching leadership positions and uh, within within the school and faculty and, and then held various committee positions across the university, but was really delighted to become the second Dean of Students at Deakin a couple of years ago, uh, following on from my predecessor, Bernie Marshall, who was our inaugural Dean of Students, uh, because it's such an exciting role, the Dean of Students at Deakin, and the way that it is framed is um, really intriguing and interesting to me. It offers an opportunity to really engage with our students in depth and richness, whilst also being part of the wide range of innovations and initiatives that we have across Deakin to improve the student experience, particularly within the learning and teaching space, but but other um, uh, associated aspects of the student experience as well. So that's, that's me in a nutshell and uh, delighted to be in the role. Wonderful. Fabulous to hear your enthusiasm and passion for this role as well. And I think we're lucky to have you as our Dean of Students. So it's been quite a ride for our students um, really quickly move into learning online, obviously, last year. Um, so what's been your observation of how our students have coped? Any key insights that you could share and something that you've observed as, you know, Dean of Students? Yeah, I guess my first observation, Chia, is that our students as a, as, a, as a cohort, as a population, have coped remarkably. Um, you know, the uh, capacity for change, the resilience under enormously uh, pressurised circumstances has been astonishing. And as always, I'm humbled by our students and I'm inspired by them. Um, I think students are obviously part of our community more broadly and they're uh, like us, like everyone we know. They struggled enormously through the pandemic and the transition to the pandemic for those reasons that are beyond the classroom. Um, uh, but largely, uh, and I think our, our, our data and our student surveys indicate this, largely students were really happy with the way that Deakin responded to the pandemic. They have gained in confidence across the pandemic in terms of their learning uh, and teaching online and certainly in their confidence in being assessed online. Uh, so I don't want to, I do want to frame our students as having a uh, 
you know, enormous agility in the face of um, sort of systemic change. Of course, our students struggled, as we all did. Um, The main issues, I think, for students across the pandemics that I would have come into contact with as Dean of Students were um, concerns around fees. Uh, So particularly our international students, but certainly students across the board, struggled financially, uh, unsurprisingly. Um, And and that was a major issue. And Deakin has done an enormous amount to do what we can to offer financial assistance and support to students. A lot of the... challenges that students were encountering we preempted or respond and or responded to as quickly as we possibly could so including across 2020 in introducing increased flexibility with the things that really matter to students under stress such as assignment extensions mm-hmm. special consideration those types of strategies that can really support students who who were who were doing it tough so I think um my overall sense of how students coped through the pandemic is they they coped uh, as well, not better than uh, everyone else in society. They were subject to the same stressors. They certainly struggled, I think, with the um, the transition to our new grading schema in 2020. That was uh, a challenging period for students to get their head around the way that we were going to um, mark their assessments and we landed on the best outcome for all students, which was uh, students' fail grades not being recorded or not contributing to their WAM, but uh, but all other marks being being visible on on students' transcripts and contributing to WAM. Uh, but, but that was certainly something that caused some distress for a minority of students. Um, and I would say that both the grading, numerically and quantitatively, the student concerns that came across my and my team's desk related largely to either the grading scheme and concerns around that, or issues around fees, um, requests for deferral, course transfer, um, requests for reduction in fees, and so on. So in terms of the transition to online learning itself, I think you know, as as we say at Deakin, digital is in our DNA, and there are so many of our students who are extremely used to to uh, obviously learning entirely online. We've got an enormously well-established cloud campus cohort and have had for for many years. Uh, And those students who are used to studying either online or in a more blended or integrated manner, I think we're uh, familiar with having a very high quality of um, digital learning experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I think the transition to wholly online learning will have been a challenge for many, but it, it for the majority of our students, it won't have been an entirely new experience. And I think for the majority of our staff, we already have enormous institutional capacity and capital in, in teaching, uh, in online pedagogy and in, lo- in online um, teaching capability. So uh, I think it went it went as well as it could do under the circumstances. Mm. And that's good to hear as well, um, because of all the challenging stories that we are hearing across the board, not just within Deakin, but across Australia and beyond. And so it's confident to hear that um, you've observed how much of effort that people were putting in, both students and staff from Deakin's side. Absolutely. So if you can kind of... Um, shift our focus to talking about this idea of students as partners. I know you've been working on a number of um, initiatives around this idea, but just to familiarise ourselves about the concept, could you tell us a little bit about this notion of students as partners? What does that entail? Is it a philosophy? Is it a pragmatic approach to our way of doing things at Deakin? 
Mm. Well, I think it's all of the above, actually. It is a, a absolutely a, a fundamental tenet of our underpinning philosophy at Deakin, which um, situates our students centrally at the heart of our university, as our strategic plan says, as our educational employability guiding plan says. Um, and also situate students as, as experts in their learning and experts in their experience um, uh, who can collaborate with other experts in pedagogy and, and content to, to create optimal learning experiences for students. So it is a, it is a philosophy, it's a well-established um, theory and concept within the academic research literature. Uh, but it's also a very pragmatic approach. So at Deakin, our history has been that we, um, a number of years ago developed a students as partners framework and I, I say we but I can take no glory and um, this is prior to my role as Dean of Students so it was, it was other colleagues within Deakin um, working closely with students to develop a students as partners framework and, uh, and my role now I think as Dean of Students is to ensure that that Students as Partners framework becomes embedded and routinized and normalized in all aspects of our practice at Deakin. Now, I think, um, you know, as an academic myself, um, I am very familiar with, um, we've always had our students in our committees or we've had student representation on our boards and our advisory boards and so on. Um, but uh, the Students as Partners approach is an attempt to take a really structured, uh, systematic, well-supported evidence-based framework to empower staff and students to make meaningful, authentic uh, co-creation and co-design of activities. So the Students as Partners framework situates students as various levels of involvement in the creation uh, and the design of our student experience, particularly our student learning experience, but all aspects of the student experience, um, ranging from uh, students as sounding boards, uh, which is, is probably the mode that most academics at least are most familiar with in terms of seeing their students uh, as representatives in, in committees and so on. Um, students as feedback, which we, we obviously um, use regularly through our, uh, our feedback surveys, but through them to students as influencers, students as decision makers, and students to, to genuine partners in co-designing and co-delivering initiatives with staff, where there is no uh, differential or, or hierarchy of expertise, I should say. There is obviously differential expertise around the table, but, um, but students as equal partners collaborating with staff to uh, create the optimal student experience and the best outcomes for our students. So that's what we're trying to do um, here. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not a new concept across the sector, of course. There are lots of universities and lots of um, really wonderful researchers doing some great work in the students as partners space. So I'm just delighted what that Deacon is, is a part of that and contributing to the national and international conversation. Mm, and we certainly hear a lot about this, um, that across Deakin, lots of things happening. So why do you think this matters, um, especially for us at Deakin, um, students, teachers, and probably universities across? Mm. Well, Deakin, as you know, performs very well on indices of student satisfaction. But we can always improve. And for our, and particularly in this rapidly changing world that we find ourselves in, I mean, the world's always rapidly changing, but it's fair to say that over the past couple of years that um, that sense of transition and disruption has been has been significant and, and qualitatively different than the than the change that we deal with um, in, in other times. I think it's it's even more critical than it ever was to um, ensure that students are working 
with us as practitioners, as educators, as academics, as, as, as professional staff to create a, a student experience that is better and that meets their needs in a way that a, is optimally authentic. Uh, I think students are seeking uh, more and more of a sense of belonging, engagement, empowerment in their learning. Um, and, and I think it's time for us to, or it certainly has been time for some time, but it's time for us to ensure that that, that partnership leads us to, drives us to create ever more innovative and student-centred and student-focused practices across, across our institution. So that's why it matters mm. to you. Yeah. And that's great because I, I agree. I think lots of the data points and feedback that we had from students talked a lot about how they missed engagement and more interactions in a different way with the university. And so just talking about what exciting things that's happening this year, I know you've hosted very successful virtual uh, students as past, students as partners national roundtable last year and I hear that lots more are coming uh, to happen this year mm. so could you tell us a couple of key initiatives that you might like to talk about and that our listeners might be interested to know more about yeah, so I'm delighted this year to be um, to be leading a program of work at Deakin around uh, an equity first approach to COVID recovery. So in our post pandemic world, we know that uh, well our students collectively and particularly those students from um, from equity cohorts will have been particularly and disproportionately affected by the constraints and the and the challenges of the pandemic. So we want to do everything we can to support student recovery uh, uh, and student adaptability in our post-pandemic landscape. We want to ensure success, retention, engagement, all of those lovely juicy indices that tell us really that our students are getting what they need uh, and, and, and growing and uh, optimizing their learning experience. So, so this year I'm overseeing a program of work. It's a HEP funded program of work. So um, I've received funding overall to coordinate this program, which will lead an students as partners approach to equity first COVID, COVID recovery for our students. So what that means in practice at this stage is that we have funded over 25 uh, seeding projects across the university where equity cohort students are working with staff in a wide range of initiatives to improve the student experience and to support uh, post-pandemic recovery for our students broadly and our equity students, equity cohort students in particular. So those projects are just so innovative and exciting. They range from curriculum design to um, uh, study skills support design to academic integrity pieces uh, to other aspects of the student experience. So uh, to work around our learning spaces and how we can optimize those for maximal student engagement and student learning and so on. So there's there's just so many things happening across the mm. university. It's such an exciting program to be part of. Um, we have been training all of our staff that are involved. So all of our project leads and their teams have now received formal training in students as partners approach. Uh, because what we are really hoping to do with this with this program is it's it's those are seating projects, but it's also a really great way of building capacity into our cohort of academics and professional staff across the university to how they can routinely use the students as partners approach and embed that in their practice in a way that just is day to day 
it's it's everything that we do. So um, yeah, so we've got a range of really engaged, excited staff involved, uh, and we are recruiting students from across the board, a wide range of students who obviously have opportunities for employment in this project, but opportunities to uh, to learn, to co-create, co-design, be involved in really impactful initiatives across the university, uh, and which is also building their own portfolio of skills and their own uh, capabilities uh, and and their opportunities for success after the projects have finished as well. So yeah, some really exciting work. We are hoping um, in due course, once the projects are a, a little bit more advanced, we'll have a, a public website available where we will showcase all of those innovations and initiatives that we're doing across the university. Uh, and, and we will also be evaluating the programme more broadly. So some really exciting work being under taken and an opportunity to contribute to the evidence base uh, internationally as well through a robust evaluation and reflection on those programs and their success. 25 seed funding projects, that's a lot of initiatives. Yeah. And how are the um, academics especially who, who have gone through that training with yeah. you um, responding so far? Oh, so enthusiastically. We've got a really vibrant community of practice occurring um, and there are ripple effects for, for all of these projects. Um, so other staff get involved, uh, they see the success. But yeah, academics, and I mean, there are many professional staff involved as well. So, so many members of our all of our colleagues across the university are working in genuine partnerships. Um, and uh, yeah, they're enormously committed, um, really enthused. And we've got some, I've got a wonderful team supporting supporting those staff so I think it's going really well so far. That's great and anything about sort of them enacting on the framework because I think what that framework does really well is that giving that language to talk about what it means to be working with students as partners so are you working with students as in decision making process or sounding board or these kind of ideas and how how are they responding to that framework itself? Yeah, really well. And I think, you know, as as I alluded to before, I think so many of us as practitioners, I think informally feel that we are working with students as partners. Mm. We talk to students all the time, we consult with them or mm-hmm. um, uh, we, we occasionally work with them. But so often I think we lack a robust uh, theoretical and also applied framework to really allow us to locate our activities within uh within a structured, coherent uh, theory that allows us to to reflect exactly on what we're doing with students and match a student's activity to the or the the mode of engagement to to the outcomes that we're trying to achieve. So um, I think it's been, this process has been a really useful way of allowing actually a critical mass of staff across the university to uh, be trained in and then apply the students as partners framework in a really important reflexive learning process Mm. um, that will that allows them to to see the benefits of moving beyond perhaps sounding boards, although students as sounding boards has a really important role to play, but but through to um, those more equitable uh, modes of engagement, uh, uh, such as decision making and co-creation and co-design. Mm, fantastic. I'm really looking forward to um, having a look at your website when it's ready. Um, those stories coming out of those initiatives, especially students' voice, I suppose, once yeah. you really start to work with them, how they're responding to these initiatives. Fantastic. Well, um, next 
question kind of relates to the idea of mental health issue. I think this is something that we heard a lot, obviously, through the pandemic. Um, and it's being sort of foregrounded, if you like, especially in the learning and teaching context where we blended a lot of our learning experiences. And it's not easy when you're hearing, you know, all these restrictions changing. Are we going back to the campus? Are we staying online? And there is that hardship funding um, life issues um, mm. as well that the students are going through. So I wondered if you had any responses um, about the idea of mental health issues that we've observed so far and how we are responding to that issue. Yeah, so I mean, look, absolutely critical. Um, and the conversation around student mental health and well-being is one that is is central uh, to us at Deakin and, and resonates uh, across the sector. So actually, even prior to the pandemic, uh, Deakin had instituted a, a mental health and student mental health and well-being task force, um, which has been active across the pandemic and continues now. Um, so we have a student mental well, mental health and well-being strategy at Deakin or plan uh, that was widely collaborated on, including the students, of course. Uh, and, and our task force identifies a, a range of facets of our practice at Deakin. I'm involved in the um, the policy stream about areas of our practice that we can, uh, in which we can take action to optimize student mental health and well-being. So I'm particularly interested in how our uh, curriculum design and also our policy framework um, either supports or uh, constrains student mental health. So the the policies that I'm directly or I'm implementation officer for, I should say, such as student academic integrity, student academic progress, um, those policies themselves can have a really significant. Uh, intersection with um, with student mental health and well-being, uh, as can, of course, other policies I'm responsible for, like student general misconduct and our student code of conduct. So um, Deakin is, is doing a lot in this space. I'm delighted to be part of this task force. It has a range of um, senior leader sponsors and then uh, really engaged staff and students in each of its various um, action groups and working parties that are, we are trying to ensure that we have, uh, again, uh, a holistic university-wide approach to using uh, student mental health and well-being as, a, as an underpinning principle and driver for all of our decision making. So how can we optimise it? How can we support it? How can we empower students um, to develop uh, not only resilience, but to, to optimise their well-being? And how can we ensure that our activities don't negatively affect student mental health and well-being? Thank you, Lisa. Um, what a rich conversation and wealth of experiences that you bring to the range of initiatives around students as partners. And as one of the Deakin staff who is kind of part of these initiatives, I feel fortunate to be part of these initiatives and conversations. Um, before we finish off, um, do you have any final thoughts that you would like to share? Uh, just to thank you for having me, Chia, uh, and also really pleased to to see others within the sector and within Deakin reflect on the types of issues that we, you and I, have discussed here today. I think student mental health and well-being is is a topic that there will be a large number of experts in, and it will be great to hear in future podcasts um, some further elaboration on those themes because it's something you know that that's an issue that's going to. Uh, 
really dominate our, our thoughts um, across the sector for some time. Right. Thank you so much, Lisa, for coming in. You're welcome. Thanks so much.